Today's thrilling episode is brought to you by the Wee Vitality Sensor. Does it have a pulse? I'm Michael Cole, and now it's time for Nintendo World Report Presents Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. That was good. You said you couldn't do it, and you did it. So. I did it. I, I can't quite do the voice, Martinita, so I did something different. But uh, <laughs> hilarity. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. With me this week, we have Neil Ronahan. Welcome hello, back hello. to the show, man. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I think, I think it, 2011, uh, actually, I think. <laughs> well, I, I actually checked before, and I tweeted that the last one I was on was about two years ago, episode 90. And then someone corrected me on Twitter because I forgot that I was on 100 when we did, uh, I think it was me, you, Johnny, and Zach. Yeah, that's right. I guess we're still in season two, folks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, uh, we got a good lineup here. Neil uh, picked uh, most of the games. I- I'd say I think, he- I think he picked three of them. And so uh, there should be good some good discussion there. I guess I should once again acknowledge how I don't really record these regularly. Um, <laughs> just that's the way it is, guys. Sorry. <laughs> well, I know that whenever they do come out, there there are a lot of people that do enjoy them, and I I'm one of them. Oh, thank you. Alrighty, well, uh, I have no idea what ass hattery I'm saying right now, so let's go on to the first game. Yay.
if anyone will recognize the game from that. I know I don't, and I probably picked it, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I know it. <laughs> that one's a little bit easier to, to recognize. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling with the first song, but I wasn't 100% sure, and, and now I am. Here's your question, Neil. Which related GameCube game reprised the hero's ability to swing and bounce on clotheslines? Oh.
Well, I have to confess, I've never really thought of this game as having a terribly great soundtrack, but uh, I was very impressed by that song. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even really remember that song. It um, must be in like near the end of the game, like, like yeah, it the climax. sounds like maybe an end credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, my my fondness from this game happens to be with that. Uh, it was, I think, one of the first Game Boy games I ever owned. I think I got this in Super Mario Land Two for a Christmas one year hmm. with my Game Boy. So that's where my nostalgia comes from for this game. I played the hell out of it when I was younger. What game is this, Neil? This is Donkey Kong 94. Right. I mean, it's actually just called Donkey Kong, if I... Yeah. But everyone refers to it as Donkey Kong 94, because it came out yeah. in 1994. Yep. And uh, this game plays a really... Uh, it really trolls the player. It's, it's almost like the first example I can think of uh, in the Nintendo Rep Pro, where it's actively trolling the player, um, because it's called Donkey Kong, and the first like four levels are like the arcade game. And so, yeah. if you don't know anything about the game when you start playing it, you think, oh man, it's just like a port of the Donkey Kong game, right? And, uh... It blew my and, mind. And then, it and seriously then blew it. my mind when yeah. I was younger. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, because you get, you get to the end of that, and then it just... I forget exactly how many worlds. I think there might be eight. In yeah, total. something like that. Um, and, and, and that's like level zero, isn't it? Or world zero? Yeah, yeah. And the only tell there is that it actually has like his other moves that he can do that were added for this game. Yeah. But you know, if you're yep. playing it and you're familiar with Donkey Kong, you're probably going to try to do that kind of crap. So, anyway, um, this game is pretty good. I bought it for Virtual Console. It came out. I was not disappointed. I'd always heard great things about it, and even though I'm not crazy about the music, which is surprising, this is a hip Tanaka game. But uh, yeah. Whatever, he was doing things that are weird, I don't know, dissonant, I don't know. But uh, the game, Yeah, the game... it definitely has a, it has a very unique soundtrack that I assume we'll hear more of the, I guess the almost annoying stuff in the background while we're talking about it now. But the second song is very, very emblematic of yeah. that. Um, I, I don't know, but, but the game itself is really good. I mean, it, clever puzzles, it's, it's kind of like an alternate parallel universe where Mario games continued to be based on Donkey Kong. Yeah, and um, it has all this crazy stuff that was brand new to that to, to the Mario world, like you know, double, triple jumps, uh, yep. swinging on clotheslines, back flip jumps, and these things that showed up in the 3D Mario games. And I don't know if um, like Miyamoto or whoever was working on this game brought it over, like said, "Oh, I like that move," and Donkey Kong brought it over, whether they were independently thought of, but. I mean, there, there are several places in this game where you're like, oh, wow, that that shows up a lot later. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of creativity in this game, you know. And, and if you didn't play this game, but you've played uh, the first uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong game for the Game Boy Advance, maybe because you're a ambassador or maybe because you played it way back when. Yeah, that was actually the the first time I ever played the Game Boy Advance version. Mm -hmm. uh, was that? I mean, they're they're very similar, although I think the Game Boy game's better. I, well, I agree. Um, I mean, the GBA game's not bad. It was I kind of played. I finished playing DK ninety four. Um, that's just how I refer to it, even though it's just Donkey Kong. Um, but I replayed it uh, when I got on Virtual Console, and I was kind of excited to play the Ambassador version when it came out, and or the Ambassador version of the Game Boy Advance game, and I just I didn't get get as into it as I thought I would. 
I petered out about halfway through. Yeah, I, I remember playing it as, you know, when it first came out, and I kind of enjoyed it, but it, it was nothing I wanted to go back to. I, I don't know. I mean, it it yeah. got rave reviews at the time, and I was a little bit surprised by that. But it was pretty different from uh, anything else on the platform at the time. Yeah. Anyway, Donkey Kong uh, for the Game Boy is really good. Check it out on, on 3DS if you haven't already. Yeah, I think it's uh, only 4 bucks, maybe? Something like that. It's totally worth it. Yeah, it was, it was a really good deal. It'll last a long time. Lots of content. Yeah, especially if you want to go for high score, because you, you're timed on all the levels, and there are a few you know optional things you can try to grab. Um, so it, it's some weird mishmash of Donkey Kong, uh, Super Mario Bros. 2, slash Doki Doki Panic with yeah. things that were brought back from the future. So <laughs> it really is a weird game. What is the answer to the question? I Because you said GameCube game, right? Well, I'll use Super Mario Sunshine. I mean, it, it, it's prominently yes. yeah, featured, you know, there. In the first world, you're, you're swinging on clotheslines and stuff. Yeah. I need to, I've been meaning to kind of replay Mario Sunshine. I haven't really played it since close to release. It's been something that's been kind of on my to-do list is go back and play that because I don't really remember it as much mm-hmm. as, as I do some other games from that time. I played through it at least twice. So I, I tried going back to it recently, and, and I just wasn't that interested in it. But it's probably because I played it to death. I mean, yeah. I got the import copy along with everyone else yeah, on staff. Yeah, you were part of and, doing the, the FAQ. Yeah, right? so, you know, it, uh, <laughs> I'll just say I, I, I played enough of that game. <laughs> All right, we should move on to the next game. All right.
This is another one where I think this is one of the games that I picked out, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you know, you got more than a 50% chance of yeah. <laughs> something you picked out. sound more familiar yeah once again the first the first songs on these first two two games have stumped me but then the second song has made my suspicions correct also the fact that you gave me the question also solidified <laughs> what i uh what i thought was right so uh, why don't you go ahead and ask the question all right so the question is who is the only human playable character in this game
Neil, tell us why you picked this game. <laughs> I have a predilection for weird arcade character-based soccer games. And this game is Mega Man Soccer for the Super Nintendo. And, I mean, part of the reason why I, I love Mega Man, um, but I actually think this soccer game kind of sucks in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it does not have very good... Uh reception if you look at various reviews yeah. out there call the controls sloppy uh uncharacteristic of capcom was used to describe the controls i think back in the day yeah one of the worst soccer games you can play yeah i think the the, the one huge issue with this game is that it's just really unintuitive um as i mean I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of different soccer games my personal favorite from this era is tiny tune adventures acme all-stars for the sega genesis um, which also has very good music, but unfortunately we can't use that one. But Mega Man Soccer gives you a very small snapshot of the overall field. There's like a, an overlay that shows you where all the characters are, but the controls aren't really kind of detailed. I mean, I guess they would be in an instruction manual, but I didn't have that to go off of when I, I think I found this at like a Funko Land or something. Um, and each character has special moves, and it's really tough to score, which is like real soccer, but that kind of... You know, when you're playing an arcade game, you want to have it yeah. so games are more than like one nothing, which is routinely <laughs> what it was whenever I played this game, either against the computer or with friends. This is a realistic Mega Man robot soccer game simulator. Damn it. But the, but the one thing that I, I really liked about it, and also from just kind of glancing at the, the Wikipedia page while trying to figure out this question, um, and the one thing that I remember is that there is like a main story mode to this. And the whole thing is that, you know, Dr. Wily is, like, blowing up a soccer field or something. And so Mega Man has to compete in a tournament in which he beats... He has to go against eight Robot Master teams. And after you beat a team, you can pick a character from that team to join your team. And then after that, you go through basically Dr. Wily stages of soccer matches and then go against Dr. Wily himself. Which leads to the answer to the question who is the only human playable character in this game, and that's Dr. Wily, who's basically the, the best character in the whole game. And he's also the final boss, so, so it works. Wait, so, so an old man is a better soccer player than a bunch of robots? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Is, is he, like, in a hover car or something when he plays soccer? No, he's just Dr. Wily. <laughs> he's not very good at making robots, then, is he? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just wanted to feel better about himself yeah, yeah. when he did this whole soccer thing. It's like they're really good at fighting each well, other. You, know, you think that when you're playing Mega Man, you know, these are really powerful, you know, robots. But really, it's all comparable. You don't really have any yeah. any humans to, to fight against for comparison. <laughs> so if they're really a human there, he, he'd probably just kick Mega Man's ass, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, any other thoughts on Mega Man soccer? Uh, no, not really. Hmm. So, if this is this on a virtual console? No, it's not. Um, it seems like uh, just from kind of reading about the game that uh, uh, it, it seemed like it was something that Capcom expected to be very well received and spawn many Mega Man soccer games, and it just fizzled out. Like they had, I think Gutsman and Gutsman and Heatman were both planned to be in this game as playable characters, but then they were taken out for a sequel that never happened. Well, maybe it would have been successful if the gameplay were good. Yeah. I mean, the concept I isn't mean, bad. That's, that's the hope. Yeah. 
may work for Mario Strikers. There were two of them. Oh, well. All right, we are going to move on to the listener request. This request is from my old friend Steve Ronsley. to say about that song i'm sorry it seems very familiar yeah you know you might get this one neil i I have a feeling with the question the question might might reveal it to me because it sounds very familiar but i just can't put my finger on it well it is not a game you requested yes i know that much
might as well have requested this this game because I know what it is and I've played the hell out of this game. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a question anyway. Well, maybe maybe uh maybe you won't know this one off the top of your head. Who is the second to last boss of the single player mode? Oh. That one should hit anyone who's played the game in the head really hard. Definitely. What game is this? Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. That's right. The Mean Bean Machine. Which is really just another Poyo Poyo game. But yes, this is. was the Poyo Poyo game that I played. So this is how I grew up with it. And then it came out on Virtual Console, so we could use it on this here show. Yeah, I'm sure it's also in some compilation or another as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on that, that 360 PS3 compilation that came out the other year, which has a ton of great old Genesis games. Yeah, but not Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which is the reason I bought the game. Oh. So, F you, Sega. 
so hard. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yes, uh, Puyo Puyo for the Genesis, or at least the one that that Genesis owners in the U.S. saw, uh, was Dr. Robotnik's yeah. Mean Bean Machine. If you haven't played that game, you might have played uh, Kirby Star Stacker. That's the same game. Or no, uh, Kirby's Avalanche. Is it Kirby's Avalanche? Okay. Yeah. Maybe have Star Stacker is, is, is wonderful. It's on Virtual Console. It came, or it's on 3DS Virtual Console. It came out, I think, late last year. Okay. I've actually been playing more of it recently. Well, my, Very my good. My apologies. Yeah, so I remember playing Mean Bean Machine at my friend's house and being really terrible at the game. Um, I'm not good at puzzle games in general, but... Um, yeah. Puyo Puyo games and its its counterparts with other franchises are particularly bad for me. I'm colorblind and, and uh, not entirely, oh. but red green colorblind. And for some reason, all the games based on Puyo Puyo have some sort of color scheme that really just doesn't work well for me. And um, and so I it, it just doesn't work. And, and the sad thing is, um, I bought Kirby's Avalanche late, like after the N64 came out. I saw it on the store. I was like, well, I like Kirby. I'll buy that. And I had no <laughs> idea what it was. I said, well, I like Kirby games. I like their spin-off games. I'll buy it. And so I bought it and promptly realized, oh, crap, I cannot play this game. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of a sad story. But um, you play the shit out of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. So that, that's a good thing. So yes. uh, do you remember who the second to last boss is? I, I know that this is based off of the the stupid cartoon show that I know I watched as a <laughs> yes, kid the, and I know the that stupider one Dr. Robotnik yeah uh, well the one with uh, Jilly, with Urkel as Sonic weren't, the Hedgehog weren't they both Jilly with Urkel White. like there was one that was like maybe like the forest critters versus Robotnik and then there was the other one that was more of just standard Saturday morning cartoon uh, I fare I don't even know uh, okay. this was maybe both of them were rife with chili dogs but I know this one was this is a Sonic 2 based in one in particular yes. Yes, um, but I know that uh, Robotnik's two henchmen in that were like there's like the mole and the chicken. Yeah, Grounder and Scratch. Okay, I would not remember the names, but I remember his his lackeys. Right. So the second last boss is Scratch, and uh, yes, I I also remember the chili dogness of that Sonic yes. two cartoon. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I really enjoy this game. I love Puyo Puyo games in general, but this one especially, just because I, I had it on Genesis. I think I had it on Sonic Mega Collection, and I had it on Virtual Console, and it's uh, probably one of my most played Virtual Console games with friends, because hmm. um, we get into very intense two-player uh, mean Bean Machine matches and just, you know, pass the controllers around. Cool. Which sounds weird, but that's some of what I did in college. Really? I just, wow. yeah, play Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> that's a kind of random thing to be playing with a bunch of buddies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, eventually it would become brawl heavy, but there was a time where it was like, I don't know, we can bowl. We can play multiplayer in WarioWare for 15 minutes, or I don't know, what virtual console games do you have? <laughs> Screw it. We'll just play Melee again. There you go. That's, that's the that's real pretty answer. pretty much the first two years of college until Brawl came out. Well, uh, Bean Bean Machine, I have nothing else to say. Um, this one's probably been in the queue for three years, be my guess. <laughs> I don't know why I always shied away from it, but... Well, you, you had to wait for me to come that's back. That's right. Yes, that's the real reason. I don't really know... I don't know who else really has that much of an affinity for that game <laughs> on this here site. Not me. <laughs> 
Once again, I, I feel like this might be one that I recommended, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, we'll just wait and see, huh? <laughs>
Okie dokie, Neil. Here is your question. All right. Which character do you play as at the start of this game? All right, I've got no idea. You just completely stumped here? I think I have an idea, and I think the question might have helped me to it. Is this Assassin's Creed 3? No, you're not far off, though. All right. It is Batman Arkham City. Well, Armored Edition, if, if you want to. Oh, that was, that was actually my other, my other guess. I was between those two, because then I, re- I realized, I'm like, this is a more recent, like, bigger HD affair with... You know, the fancy soundtrack and everything. Well, fancy and, and more of an underscore uh, to the yeah. action. I mean, it, I mean, we don't really feature that many games where there's so much voice acting. You know, th- this soundtrack really is like a movie soundtrack. Yeah. Not necessarily in the sense that it's like scripted, but it's underscoring constant dialogue. So yeah. it really is the background of a movie or, or an episode of the animated series. Um, really, you know, this game really does feel like an episode of Batman the Animated Series, which is really what they're going for. Yeah. Just, you know, 
a little grittier, um, too yeah. gritty, some would say. But I, I love the crap out of both of these games. And yeah. how fortuitous that we are recording this on the day that Batman Arkham Origins was announced. I, I swear I chose this before that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is the perfect choice now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that just before we start talking about Arkham City Armored Edition... It is really cool to see uh, those guys who left Retro Studios all those years ago actually making a game. Yeah. Uh, the 3DS version that I'm pretty interested in. I'll be very curious to see uh, what they can pull off uh, on their own. Yeah. I, I mean, n- not that Nintendo necessarily handled them a lot, but it, you know, it's just interesting to see what developers do differently or what they've learned from past experience, you know. It, yep. I'll, I'll just be curious to see how it turns out. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Batman Arkham City is um, well, it's a very good game I I, I feel like um, both this game and it's, and it's uh, the original um, I almost enjoy in spite of the gameplay not that the gameplay is bad it just <laughs> is, it has a lot of st- stealthiness which I don't like and it also has kind of brawler combat which I'm not crazy about either I always feel like I should be better at this game I'm not doing well and I don't know if it's just me or it, it's Maybe it, it seems like it should be easier than it really is. I, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I'm bad at blocking and dodging and, and shit. I know. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I know we are both of uh, the Nintendo game player mind where sure. these, these thir- third person action games are m- mostly foreign to us. Um, first person shooters? Is it Metroid? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, it's very more much deliberate. You know, you have to be... Yeah. It's, it's not sloppy. It's not like the combat's bad. I mean, it makes sense. It's very rhythmic. That You have so many options, especially yeah. in Arkham City. There's so many different things you can do. And how I kind of found success in that, I struggled with the combat a little bit in the first couple hours of the first one. And then by the time I played the second one, um, it would be like I'd find out what I'd like to do and, and then I'd focus on that when I'd be in, in combat and, you know, add things in as the enemies got tougher. Yeah, and, that's but true. But I think I liked, I liked a little bit more about Arkham City was that they didn't force you into as many stealthy situations, which, you know, I, I enjoyed doing the stealth in Arkham Asylum, but it seemed like too often you would be forced into doing one specific thing mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of save the day. Uh, I think one of my favorite moments in Arkham City was is the Mr. Freeze boss fight. I was just going to bring that up. Which is a very good example of how to do like a great stealth boss fight because you you cannot fight Mr. Freeze hands on like hand to hand. He'll just freeze you and that will hurt. You'll be cold. So you have to kind of use the environment around you and figure out different ways to kind of stop him and hurt him. And that's such a great boss fight. It, it kind of forces you to learn some mechanics you probably hadn't even realized existed in the game. Yeah. And, and it shows them to you. It doesn't expect you to have known. You know, you can scan and find weaknesses and stuff and, and read about it. It really is a clever way of saying, hey, there's yeah. some stuff here that maybe you didn't even try before. You know, way, you know, maybe you've never even tried to pull someone down from a ledge. Maybe you've never, you know, all, all that stuff. And and to be honest, I didn't necessarily use a lot of the stuff I had learned from that battle in the future because I tended to spam one or two things that yeah. kind of worked well for me, even though I'm sure that was part of my problem as I relied on, you know, gliding in and attacking and, and going away a bit too much. Yeah, that's, that's what I did too. But, yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm more in this game for the full experience as opposed to you know only in it for the gameplay which is right 
the gameplay is good. It's not great, but the you know the interactive storytelling and and just the writing and the voice acting and the explorations really cool too. There, there was a shit ton of stuff to do, and if you own the Wii U version or if you've gotten you know the downloadable contact, there's there's just, just so much stuff in there. There's no yeah. way. I'll ever go back and do all that stuff. I mean, so you played it on Wii U? I played it on Wii U. That's the version I own. I got it as a gift. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that version. It, it, I mean, it comes with all the downloadable content. It is $20 at Best Buy. Oh, then then go for it. That will probably be done by the time you hear this, but I know this week it is $20 at Best Buy. Okay, well, that was the main reason I'd say get the other one. So, yeah, if 20 bucks, go for it, because it includes the, the DLC that you probably have to buy separately. If yeah. you got like the Xbox 360, it comes with the Catwoman stuff that was generally designed for, uh, you know, encouraging people to buy it new on the Xbox yeah. 360 and, and PS3, which I, I gotta say the, the Catwoman stuff really does feel tacked on. Yeah. And, and I didn't like that the first thing you do in the game is Catwoman. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything about this. And then the first thing I do when I'm playing a Batman game is Catwoman. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I totally forgot that you started off as Catwoman in this game when, uh, when, when you asked the question, which is why I was thinking Assassin's Creed, because you play as a different character besides the main character in the beginning <laughs> of Assassin's Creed 3. And I was like, well, in Batman, of course you start as Batman. It can't be that. <laughs> nope. In the Wii U version, which includes that you know DLC, yeah. you start as Catwoman. Yeah, and then the 360 version, which is what I played, it starts off like that. But at this point, it's been, uh, I guess, close to two years, sure. year yeah. and a half since I played that game. and. That that was I mean I'm a I'm a big Batman fan especially the animated series so mm-hmm. I, I was there with bells too. on for this game uh, so yeah. I, I got it the day it came out and I think I it's it's the rare game that I will get and utterly devour within a week even less no matter uh, what's going on in my life yeah no I, I played through it pretty pretty much marathon sessions um, and really it is the storytelling and, and voice acting I mean it that's really what sells the game. I mean, more than yeah, anything else. That's, that's the writing, the acting, the, just the whole package, the, the way that even, you know, random enemies have interesting things to say to each other. Yep. Um, and it just, it's just really well done. And if you have not played this game, if, it, if all you have is a Wii U, you, don't, you didn't get a 360 or whatever, buy it for Wii U. It's, you know, people complain yeah. about it and say, oh, it's the inferior version. Well, you know what? I really enjoyed it. Um, there are some few technical hiccups because it is basically a launch game. Okay. Fine. You know, the bat system doesn't really add anything. I didn't really distract it either. They're give and take with the, the menu play. system. Well, the off-TV plays there. I like the map. The map is definitely a, a great yeah. addition. I use the map a lot in that game as far as just looking around for where to go next and where to explore. Right. You're, you're, you're not constantly switching back and forth. You know, you know, it's kind of the DS thing of, you know, Castlevania had a map on the second screen. Yeah. And it was great, you know. But... It, it's, it does add value, even if it's it's kind of a low hanging yeah. fruit thing. Yeah, my my one worry, my one worry about the new one that's coming out later this year, which is which is also coming out on Wii U, um, is that I'm pretty sure that the writer of the first two, Paul Dini, who he's probably the the best known writer from that old animated series, he wrote the the classic Mister Freeze episode and a slew of other ones. Uh, he's not returning for the third game, as mm. far which is a which is a prequel, as far as I know. And it's also unknown what the voice cast is going to be. Not saying that, you know, that that animated series voice cast is the only thing they can use, but when you're taking away such such key parts of probably my favorite part of the game, which is, you know, the story and presentation, then I get a little worried, but I, I think 
unless it gets atrocious reviews and previews and everything. I'm, I'm definitely excited for the, the upcoming game. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it too. And, uh, you know, I, it's sad to see the, you know, the writer leaves, but there are other good writers of the animated series yeah. and other, you know, Batman yep. films. So, I mean, and, and certainly Warner Brothers is clearly interested in, in uh, making this a good game. And they, they've made so much money on the first two. So yeah. it's, it's not like they're going to half-ass this one, I, I don't think. You know? Yeah, I'm not worried about the developer. Well, it's actually the the developer of the new one is the developer of the Wii U version. So they've, they've worked with that engine before. Right. And, and again, people are like, well, I'm worried because the Wii U version wasn't that great. Well, you know what? That was a port. And tacking on things, yep. you know, after the fact is a lot different from developing something of your own, you know, from the ground up. But according up. to Reggie, this was a brand new game. Oh, no. <laughs> That was uh, uh, nope. Uh, I think that was a that was a post E three uh, foul by Mr. Fizeme. Uh, I think it was an interview with uh, Jeff Keighley, maybe where Jeff Keighley was like, "Where are the new games?" And Reggie was just like, "Batman's a new game." <laughs> but I haven't played Reggie. it. It's new to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, check this game out. It's it's a lot of fun, especially if you can Definitely. find it for a, a good deal like this best buy 20 dollar thing i mean man that was the main reason i'd say don't to get the wii u was that it was like 50 bucks or 60 bucks i think it's 40 normal retail at this point but okay you'll you'll definitely find it on sale especially as we you know get farther away from when it came out yeah i mean don't be dissuaded by people who say that it it, you know it doesn't run as smoothly there are a few places where it chugs it never really impacts gameplay or you can read uh Patrick Barnett's review. Uh, I think he gave it like an eight, and I, I know he had a few issues with it technically, but it was nothing that detracted from the experience, which is that's what's important. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, we got one last game here. Yay! So please and enjoy.
game has better music than one would think, just if you're not familiar with the series. I don't know. Well, maybe that's my bias showing. <laughs> I think uh, it's it's the the credibility of the person behind said music is is a big reason why it's so good. I'll get there. I yes. guess. <laughs> I didn't mean to to jump ahead. Uh, if that is what you used for the question. classic genre-crossing SNES series did the composer of this game work on? I wonder.
Um, you'll want to really feel the game. Um, you, is your pick? Yes, the game is Etrian Odyssey Four: Legends of the Titan, which is a relatively recent North American 3DS release. It came out at the end of February, um, and I this is my first experience with the series, and I completely adore it. If it weren't for the fact that Fire Emblem came out that same month, um, this would probably be my favorite RPG since like something like Radiant Historia. Um, I'm really, really into it. Part of it's because this is a little more friendlier than what I've heard of the the earlier games. But yeah, now, I think we used an earlier game in this series uh, a few years ago. I'm pretty sure that's what I was looking at the list uh, in the forums, and I think I saw an earlier one and was just like, "Oh, I can do the new one because I really like the music and I really like that game." So, so is the concept for the entire series that you're like climbing up a tree? Um. Or- or am I confusing this with something else? I think the earlier ones are like I'm. I'm really not that familiar with the earlier ones. Uh, I noticed. Uh, I think it was uh, Nathan Mustafa reviewed Etrian Odyssey three, and I believe we talked on an episode of the newscast. And when he explained it to me, I'm like, wow, that actually sounds pretty cool. But I never got around to playing the third one. And then the fourth mm-hmm. one came out and had a casual mode, which had a little, basically a, it's a brutal game. Um, in all the other games and in the normal mode in this one, if you die, then you go to your last save. Whereas in this game, there is a casual mode where basically if you die, you just go back to town. It's kind of like the Dragon Quest death, um, which okay. to me was a lot better because this, you die a lot in this game. It's something that so happens. So you get to keep your experience, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the way the game works is that uh, you have... There's one town that you go back to and you get quests and you know rest up and buy new equipment. And you go out, there are six different lands, which you go into an airship and, you know, go throughout these lands. There's, like, you know, food you can pick up. Um, uh, enemies, or they're called foes in this game. F-O-E, it's some acronym. It might be French or something, I don't know. Um, which are basically these giant enemies that when you first go into an area, they will kill you, very likely, if you run into them. So you want to avoid them and discover different labyrinths and caves that you can go into. And then going through those, you have to map them out using the touch screen. So you will walk into an area, there will be a grid on the bottom screen, and you have all these, like, it's basically like a, kind of like a, a, a mini version of, like, MS Paint, where you can put oh, these different icons down. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous when you think that a main component of this game is cartography, but it's so much fun because you want to, ex- like, what if you aren't good at cartography? Can you draw it wrong and screw yourself up, or is is it like guided cartography? Um, well, I mean, it's not like you have to do it freeform. Like you see where your character is on the bottom, or like where you're, where you are, and where you are facing on the bottom screen. You're represented by an arrow, and I mean, a lot of it is like I have my own notations that I use for it. Like, oh, okay, if that's an area that I want to avoid, there's like a little like stop hand that I put there, or I'll make things a different color if it's like, oh, I need to come back to that. You can even leave notes. So, like, there's one area where, you know, um, you can interact with an object and, you know, it can be, it's something like, oh, do you want to eat this fruit that's on this tree? And it could hurt you or could help you. Um, And if if you find out that it helps you, then you can just mark down, like, oh, you know, eat the red fruit instead of the yellow one. And then have Mm -hmm. that notation come up whenever you walk over that space. And then the combat, the combat's, you know, first-person RPG. You have a bunch of different classes, and it's all, you create characters, you can create tons of them. Um, 
but I don't really see much of a reason to have all, all having all these different characters because it's not like they all level up at the same time. So you kind of have like your team of five that you get at the beginning and uh, you go through with that. Although I ended up changing out, I had an archer and I wanted to have a mage. So I made that switch kind of early on, but I've, I've sunk probably 20 or 30 hours in this game so far. I'm still plugging away. It's, it's a lot of fun. So what is, what is the combat like in this game? Is it real-time? Is it turn-based? Is it Turn-based. I mean, like, you have, like, uh, I think they're, they're TP, or that's, like, the, you know, the magic points. And you have different skills. There are skill trees that you can level up to learn new abilities, whether they're, you know, passive support or, or active. But this is more of a dungeon crawler. There isn't, like, a yeah. really strong story. There is a story. It just, it's not the focus. Like, I mean, the, the, whole, the whole goal of the game is that you are trying to... Uh, uh, you're basically trying to save the trade uh, your soul or whatever I, I don't know my, my Norse pronunciation <laughs> um, and you, you basically you're, you're trying to you know go towards that but for the most part it's, it's more based on exploring and kind of incrementally going through the story like there's characters that show up and people that you interact with and like each you know when you go into the different lands there will be kind of like side stories that pop up it kind of has a structure similar to like dragon quest 9 well we haven't answered the question yet um what classic uh genre crossing snes series uh, did the composer of this game work on and uh, that would be ActRaiser. Yes. Um, the composer is Yuzo Koshiro. Yes. Who, well, I really don't know that much about until I looked him up, which it was a shameful. He he's, has a very strong uh, repertoire. Streets of Rage, uh, Beyond Oasis. Yeah, I mean, basically he, he's heavily steeped in Sega and other non-Nintendo yeah. uh, and Nintendo competitors. So I, I, I didn't grow up listening to his music. Yeah. Yeah, he was at he was at Nihon Falcon for a while. Yeah, he, he did the Ease and Ease Two soundtrack, which is also somewhat topical. Yes, uh, given the recent retroactive on on RFN, um, which we have used in, in the past on this show, and you know it has a great soundtrack. And, and again, another one of these soundtracks that's heavy on guitar, and one can make a Motoi Sakuraba joke about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and more recently, he's worked on uh, you know Brawl. Uh, he worked on Uprising, Kid Icarus Uprising. He had two songs in Brawl, and I actually looked this up because I, w- I wasn't sure what exactly he did. Uh, the main theme for The Legend of Zelda that is uh, used in The Bridge of Elden, and he also did the, the Norfair uh, track that's in Brawl. Okay. And, and he also, yeah, he was... I know Kid Icarus Uprising had a couple people on it, and he was one of them. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess he's, he's buddies with Sakurai, so we might see him. Who isn't? Yeah, it seems like Sakurai has a lot of friends. Yeah, but he, he's done a lot of games. He did um, <laughs> he did the Sonic game, the original uh, Sonic yeah. for Game Gear. Yep. He did the Shinobi games. Uh, I think he did the Shinobi Game Gear game, which is on 3DS Virtual mm-hmm. Console. In a way, he's kind of like the um, he's like the Hiptonaka for non-Nintendo systems. I mean, he, he created his own programming language for composing the Streets of Rage uh, soundtrack, and uh, he just seems like a you know real tinker in yeah. general. So um, I don't know, very cool. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I I love the music in a Train Odyssey Four. It's 
I'm usually the kind of person that will turn the sound down when I play a 3DS game because I'll, you know, do it while I'm watching TV. But even if I'm watching TV, I'll always have the music on a little bit just because I, I like hearing it in the background. It's probably about time for us to wrap up. So um, thank you, Neil. Thank you. It's always fun to, to come on and, and talk about some game music. Sure. And uh, if you have a request, you can send that to me. My email is typ at nintendoworldreport.com. Or there is a link for every episode when I post the article. There's a link to the form. Uh, and you can submit uh, a request that way as well. just has to be on a Nintendo system and it has to come out in North America. Them's the rules. And why, why can't we do like a Genesis episode? I would have so many good ones. <laughs> a lot of Genesis games have come yeah. out on Nintendo platforms by this point. But uh, anyway, we got to get going. Yep. You, you want to plug anything? I am on uh, on NWR Connectivity, uh, which I think by the time you hear this, you will have heard um, our, our kind of gag episode because both of our editors, Mike Sklens and Scott Thompson, are going to be away this week. So Patrick Barnett and I have cooked up a, a hell of a scheme. And, and TYP, when, when are you slated to get this, this episode up? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, well... We are going to do a news episode as if it were 2003 in April. Um, and I, I spent part of before recording this planning it out, and I think it's going to be pretty funny. So check that out. <laughs> wow. Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the odd thing is that it's, it's kind of oddly uh, cyclical because Batman Dark Tomorrow came out right around this time. Uh, WarioWare actually came out almost uh, Game and Wario on Wii U came out almost 10 years to the day since the original WarioWare which I assume was planned huh. but I didn't hear anything made about that um, and then you know Wind Waker came out in March of 3 so there's that it should it should be a fun time um, yeah and it, it had it had me going through old NWR articles or I guess at the time Planet GameCube articles and uh, I guess one one little factoid um as my final plug for connectivity and our weird 10 years in the past thing is that also about 10 years ago there was a game called NHL Hits Pro announced that was developed by a brand new studio called Next Level Games um, and that was their first game NHL Hits Pro and they just did Luigi's Mansion so oh, no. everything 10 years ago seems to come back so it all relates somehow well, maybe they'll announce an Eternal Darkness game finally. Yeah, uh, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I think that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. If we're in 2003, oh, Silicon Knights can do no wrong back then. It's going to be a good time. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye.
Donkey Kong is copyright 1994 Nintendo. Mega Man Soccer is copyright 1994 Capcom. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is copyright 1993 Sega Compile. Batman Arkham City Armored Edition is copyright 2011-2012 Warner Brothers Entertainment. Etrian Odyssey 4 Legends of the Titan is copyright 2013 Index Corporation.